But it's, it's like the disciples, they look to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their concept of love. And that would be my invitation to anyone listening today is to think about what would that look like if I, if I paid more attention to that, if I dove a little more into, don't dive into the Valentine's Day, you'll get lost. But if I dove more into, <laughs> you know, this agape love, how would that redefine all areas of my life or relationships for sure? Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today I've got the privilege of speaking with Dr. Greg Joyner. uh, Greg is joining us. Joyner, joining us. Tongue twister from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, today we're going to be talking about what is love, and tomorrow it's uh, Valentine's Day. That's right. So we thought, let's do a podcast on love. What is love? Easy topic. It's a fitting topic. It's in the air. It is in the air. And I'm bringing two things to the table today. You've got the Doctor of Love here. My birthday is on <laughs> February the 14th. It's uh, so, pretty crazy. It all comes together. You know, multiple things happening. Yeah. yeah. So, so some have called me an expert in that realm. So, not Ellen. No, but others. No, no, no. She, yeah, she, she have other things to say. But, <laughs> but, yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, wonderful topic. Glad to be here. And yes, tomorrow is my birthday. So, so uh, where do we send those presents? <laughs> Good question. No. Uh, all right. Let's dive into this. Where do you want to start uh, just thinking about the topic of love? Yeah. So early on, I remember when I was, I don't know if I was in college or a little bit out of college, I remember coming across this resource and it just stuck out to me. And uh, I don't know if you remember Gary Chapman, but he had this uh-huh. book called The Five Love Languages. And what a cool moment to bring that up as we look at this whole week, you know, what it's around and in terms of our culture and the way we view this this week. And um, so what are the five love languages? So what I'm most interested in is uh, how people receive love, right? So it's not the same for everyone according to the five love languages. You maybe have a primary love language. So do you remember any of those stand out to you? And yes. what is yours? That's a good question. I remember uh, quality time, like giving gifts or, re- or receiving gifts, I okay. guess, or gifts or something like that. You're two like for that. two, brother. Keep going. Uh, physical touch. Um, two more words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Uh, and I don't know the. I don't know. I can't think of the other one. Well, that's amazing because it's my number one. <laughs> Do you even it? love me? No. It's acts of service. Oh, acts yeah. of service. Yeah. Which is also my daughter's number one. So, but how cool is it though? Think about when we view Valentine's Day, you go, wow, we give cards and chocolates and gifts and things like that. But um, how neat is it to think about, am I loving the other person the way that they really receive love? Yeah. Or am I just loving them the way I particularly wanted to receive it? So I'm going to do what I really need, I'm going to do for them. <laughs> yeah, because don't we typically like give love the way that we'd want to receive it? And that's that it. Your yeah. default? Yeah. Uh-huh. So my quality time peeps, tomorrow... You know, spend quality time with your your spouse. You know, if that's her their love language or your best buddy, or if you want to go with what is today? Today would be Valentine's Day. Are you a Parks and Rec guy? <laughs> yes. Okay. So <laughs> that's right. if that's what's up for you, then you know, spending time with your besties, 
is probably a great idea. Um, gifts, just breaking out some other categories for for Valentine's. That's our we're a resourcing type of ministry here. There we're we just, go. We're just broadening this whole deal. We're just here to help. Yeah, really. So uh, if you've got the five love languages, um, what's what's really at the heart of that though? So okay, why is that really important, and why are we talking about love today? Yeah, I, and I think that's a great connection. It's you know it's about giving and receiving love. You know, I think that's at, at, at the heart of what it means to be human, and uh, we all want to experience love. And uh, and certainly as we mature in that, we're, we come to a place where we're able to offer, give love to others, right? And so, I don't know, that for me is a, is a, is a real summary. I guess if you—have we defined love, by the way? Have we, have we even taken a stab at that yet? We've been having no, some fun. No, not yet. Okay, okay. Um, well, here, here's a shot, all right? Just a simple, good, easy, gets us started kind of thing. So love is the emotion felt and actions performed by someone concerned for the well-being of another person. How does that sit with you? I like it. So we got, we got the emotional aspect, emotions felt, right, mm-hmm. which is pretty popular in modern culture, right? Love is, if you watch any TV film, you know, movie or songs, it's, it's uh, think about any singing show if you have any experience on those. Uh, you'll look at the judges, you know, during that time of the show, and it's all about did they feel something? They yes. just really want to feel it, right? When how many songs are about love? I mean, it's like the number one topic Man. in music. I'd love to know the number on that, to be honest. Or the, to- the word love in the, to- in the literal song title. I was thinking over the weekend as I was preparing for this, just mentally I was thinking how many songs could I think of that have love in the right. title? It was a lot. Yeah. You, you just start go rattling on, on, on. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so yeah, emotion felt, uh, but this is a part that I, you know, I just thought would be good just to, you know, base definition, but in, in actions performed by someone concerned for the well-being of another, okay? So there is, love has to have legs, right? It has to have motion or action, right, to be received, you know? And so uh, I think that's a good, it's a good start. I don't know. I like it. Let's uh, we'll unpack that as we go more and more. Absolutely. And uh, I think one of the big reasons we're doing this podcast too is because there's I think a disconnect between what we might just naturally think of as love if we're just paying attention to the culture and kind of what's going on around us and listening to music and watching movies and TV and all the kind of things um, compared with maybe what God's love is like, which is where we really want to get to in this podcast. So that's uh, that's where we're going, everybody. Now, Valentine's Day, yeah, aka Greg Joyner's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we get Valentine's Day? <laughs> do you know? Like, because we're celebrating this, and it's kind of one of these weird holidays that we have. But uh, where does it come from? That is a good question, and the answer is no. I don't know, but. I tell you, I don't know anyone who really does know. <laughs> so um, if you go down this little trail, there are so many rabbits. It's kind of fun. And so um, what I have come up with, though, or have discovered is uh, you can kind of summarize some of the myths or legends. But if you think about St. Valentine's, you probably think, ah, oh, there's a, an old missionary or saint, right, church father who did some really great acts of love who either passed away or was martyred. And that would be probably a really good guess. But there's like a ton of other legends, myths out there that are all parts of it. And so I'll give you three words. This is Choose Your Own Adventure, Blaine. And you pick one, and we'll run down that rabbit hole for a minute, okay? <laughs> all right. All right. Did origins of Valentine's Day start with a party, an execution, or a poem? 
Well, come on. You got to pick execution. Oh, boy. He went there, folks. All right. So, uh, so yeah, St. Valentine's, right? If you're if you're a St. Valentine, which there's there were many in history, by the way, but we could probably narrow them down to two, one being a Roman priest, the other uh, an Italian bishop, okay? Hmm. Okay. And believe it or not, they were both martyred on February the 14th. All right, 14th. So, Let's uh, let's let's let me read a little snippet of the legend at least, so we get a, a, a you know something fun to talk about. One legend says that Saint Valentine refused to convert paganism. We're talking about the Roman priest here, and was executed by Roman Emperor Claudius II. Now, prior to his execution, now pay attention to this part. This is fun. He was able to miraculously heal the daughter of his jailer, who then converted to Christianity along with his family. And another legend says a bishop called Saint Valentine of Terni is the true namesake of the holiday, and he was also executed. Now, uh, the first one is an interesting one because uh, in his last letter to the jailer's daughter, who he healed, he signed it. This is the the legend, right? He signed uh-huh. it, your Valentine. Huh. All right. So that's that's the execution. And how, right. how long ago was this? Oh, gosh. Well, we're in the time of Roman Emperor Claudius II, so I don't know where that dates us. Okay, a long, long time Roman ago. calendar— and, and I can tell you this, February is an interesting month in general there. So fertility is kind of celebrated. It's a season of celebration, fertility. So that's where the other two, the party and the poem, come into play. Interesting. Right? So there's layers of this whole thing. And then there's modern layers of this whole thing, you know, so how we actually got to chocolates and flowers and all that. But whew. That's probably easier to explain. See, people like making money. Ooh. That's my— <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my take on that. That's a good take, actually. Greg. It's not a bad take. So, anyway, kind of fun. Yeah, very fun. And, you know, you, you've got two more options if you, if you really want to go there. Um, part of your poem. Give us the down and dirty on those real quick. <laughs> What's the short well, story? Yeah, so linking it, uh, we'll do the fun one, linking it to Chaucer, you know, Jeffrey Chaucer. And uh, there's a particular poem that he wrote. And,. There was a link there for the first time, I think, with romance and Valentine's Day because uh, when he was writing, it was a time in Europe when uh, it was birds mating season. (laughs) And so, yeah, so it's kind of in the air. And so that connection is made. Shakespeare jumps on board. And uh, that's kind of how if you follow that trail, that rabbit hole, then Chaucer kind of made was the first one to make that link between kind of a romantic, you Hmm. know, vibe based on this mating season that was already in the air. You see what I did there? I like it. You see what I did there? Okay. <laughs> I did, I'm not even You're having to too that. much fun with this, yeah, man. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's Valentine's Day. It's my birthday. All right. And I don't know, the party one, let's just skip that. That's It just gets dark and scary and weird. So bottom line is we don't know where it comes from, multiple options, uh, but we're celebrating Valentine's Day every February 14th, and so love is in the air. And we want to talk about really what what is love. So back to that idea, um, God's love, the love that's spoken of in uh, in the Bible. What is that really like? So uh, kind of help us begin to go down that trail, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do this. So um, so for our listeners, I think this is always a great exercise. In fact, anyone right listening today could. Take just a few moments and just go there, even 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 right here with you, Blaine. So I do this often when I lead groups that are that are, you know, discussion groups around these big questions. Um, so here's the exercise. It's very simple. But imagine God thinking about you. 
Okay. What do you assume God feels when you come to mind? So what we're getting at is what do you think the first thing that catches God's attention is when he thinks about you? What does he feel? So how do you think most people would answer that, Blaine? Where, where would you think most people would go with that? So, I would think most people would answer with something somewhat negative. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're disappointed or God's disappointed or mad or um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of what I find as well. Um, you know, a lot of people immediately link the way God views them and experiences them with some experience they had where they made some mistakes or choices that, you know, they wish they wouldn't have, you know, let them down a path. So, uh, or, or deep anger, honestly, about some life events that have happened, you know. And so when we do that, I think it's a really interesting way to approach this question of what does God really feel? How can we know that? You know, and um, so what you get, I think, when you start reading the pages of the New Testament, especially in the Bible, is a real picture of love that comes at you in a very deep and unqualified way. Okay, so let's take our modern notions of love and we just poked and prodded at it for two seconds. We said it felt a little more romantic, a little more self-serving and, you know, based on some feelings I get when I'm around someone. Even temporary, I would yeah. say, too. Yeah. Right? You can fall in and out yeah. of love. and Yeah. Another song. So, yeah. <laughs> and package, let's package that now with uh, the only English word we have is love, right? So there, it's kind of like there's a lot of pressure on that word to represent the fact that I love Cheetos and I love my wife, right? You can say it in the same way. Hopefully, I don't mean it the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah. So what the Bible is doing is, um, and what it does for us, is there are actually a few words for love in the Greek language, right? But all have their origins in Hebrew, right? Coming to us through Aramaic when Jesus is speaking them, and then your disciples are writing them in Greek. But we get those words, and we start learning more about what love is through their teaching and their writing, which is really cool. And again, the view and the, uh, uh, I guess the picture we get of it is, a, again, I want to say it again, just deep an unqualified love. So what I mean is it's not based on, it's not conditional on anything we've done, right, or haven't done, right? It's, it's, a, it's a position that we have that God simply views us through this lens of love, all right? So, um, so let's just make a few broad statements now about um, what the Bible does say about love. And this one may come as a surprise. I don't know, it, you know. But the reality is that God is love, we learn in, in the book of John. So now we've taken um, this conversation to a whole other level because it's not just like an attribute. So I can say, man, Blaine is such a loving person. But I've never said this. Sorry, but I've never said this. <laughs> Blaine is love. <laughs> Would that be weird for you or Yes. Or true? So, yeah, it's weird. Yes. It could be true. <laughs> Even right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the fact that he is love, so it is an attribute of who God is, but it also is a part of his personhood. So we look at this and go, wow, God is the source of love. And so how is, think about the five love, language, love languages, so how is God communicating his love to us in what ways, you know, and gifts and touch and quality time? What's he doing, you know? There's a there's a, a, a posture he has towards us, I think, that is so... Um, unbelievably loving, that once we get a deeper understanding of I think we're blown away by it. I mean, that's quite honestly what's happening 
as I'm reading the pages. Yeah, and it's on a whole other level from what we're experiencing. If we're not looking to the Bible or to God's revelation in in the Bible, if we're just thinking of love like culturally, what we're going to read and learn about God's love is so different. On a whole other level, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around. It's so unbelievable. Yeah. I think we could spend a whole hour here on what it means that God is love, but how is he expressing his love? So um, so the neat thing here is to, to go to back up and just go, okay, there's a, actually a few different words for love in the Bible, which we don't have in the English language. And so if you were to read the pages of, say, a simple letter in the New Testament like John, when you see the word love, there's usually um, an original word, a Greek word, and the word is agape, okay? So another example would be you might read and in, in the word used would be phileo. So let me just describe the difference and you'll see how this all comes together. So f- for example, f- phileo, it might refer to or it does refer to brotherly love, right? So it's exhibited in a close friendship. So David and Jonathan would be a good Old Testament kind of example I think you and I have a good phileo, like a brotherly love for each other, right? And, and so, and Philadelphia, <laughs> I mean, really, right? Yeah. No, isn't it rooted in it phileo? Be. I don't know. I always thought it was. What if it's a city of brotherly love? Is that what it's called? For real? I'm, yeah, I'm out here learning things right now. Well, that's why I'm I here. have the doctor. Blaine. What is going on? <laughs> that's a good question. What is going on here? <laughs> I don't know. We had love in the air. So, so. Look at this word phileo. I mean, it's a it's it's neat because it's describing again the context help us understand it. But there's actually a word for this brotherly love, and um, there's a really neat situation I think in the New Testament where this word is used, and it's where Jesus reinstates Peter. And so, just to give our listeners a quick example, believe it or not, there are disciples that deny Jesus even after following for three days. Okay, so which gives us a lot of freedom to go. Gosh, I'm not going to do this perfectly. And so here we have a scenario where where Jesus is uh, reinstating Peter as a disciple. He's already, you know, felt like he, I mean, the first thing that came to mind when he goes, what is God thinking about me? Um, My guess is massive disappointment and anger, right? Mm -hmm. And no, so Jesus, you know, comes towards him three different times because Peter's not him three times. And he he uses this word, agape, do you love me? And then he says, then feed my sheep. But Peter's response is, Lord, you know, I phileo you. Every time, and they're using different words for love, and it's incredible to see that um, he, you know, Jesus is allowing him to be kind of where he is with what he's feeling and going. I can't, like, I can't even say the word agape. I love you that much because of what I've done. He couldn't get there, and Jesus knows that. And he, isn't that something? So agape speaks. And of even the, though, sorry, but even though he had in in his mind, he really done something. He did do something really bad. He denied yeah. Jesus a few different times, and God. Jesus makes a point to say agape. Yes. Like I love you. Yeah, like and again, we it's 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 a powerful um sacrificial love, which is a big big distinguishing factor here. So uh so very much not self-serving but self-giving, you know. And so it's more than a feeling, right? It's more of an act of the will. And um this is the love that God has for us. For his people that we read about. And again, it's prompted, and you see it most expressed, you know, obviously through his son, Jesus, who's going to put agape on full display, not only for the 12, as you read about them, but 
uh, for any who have you know tasted and seen, you know, is is this this is all real? Then most of people come to God out of a sense of awe or wonder, right, or fear. But in some ways, I would say, gosh, a lot of us come to Him out of a sense. Some have come to Him out of a sense of I've never felt this loved before. Mm-hmm. That's how deep it is. Once you realize, I guess I, He loves me. You could say it no matter what. Like He just loves me, and that. That does something in a man's soul. I think it it it's uh, again it's a source of love that leads us to the place where we can understand when the Bible says we love because He first loved us. So you're resting in a in a deep you know well you know a source of love that can you can now offer. And so there's the two sides of love we have. Yeah, it's it's certainly a feeling and emotion and an action you know that's towards another person and for their good. And so, yeah, it's a really deep concept, this word agape and game changer. Yeah. So unpack it a little bit for us now as we think of – you mentioned Jesus and what he did as the ultimate expression of love. Um, Give us the highlights. You know, what what happened? What are some of the key texts and verses and and stories and uh, what's that look like? Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of us probably we could say it like this: the greatest expression of agape. What is that? You know, the greatest expression of God's love. And I'll use a verse that I think a lot of people around the globe are familiar with, but it's John three sixteen. So it is that word. It says, "For God so loved." So we'll replace it here. Let's back up. For God so agape the world that He gave. Right, so it's receiving and giving love. We're back to where we started. He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Right, and so that is a really neat indicator of what agape is all about. Right, it's it's a again we 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 describe it as benevolent and a choice and a willful choice, a sacrificial movement towards someone. And I keep wanting to unhinge this conditional piece that. It's all based on, you know, the fact that God sees something about my life and my past in junior high or whatever that he doesn't, he's not proud of, doesn't like, and so he's holding it over me, you know. And so that's just not the case. He is, um, and honestly, it's not the case with Peter or any of the other apostles or disciples or anybody he had contact with. You know, what qualified any of them in terms of why God would love them the way he did? And that's a neat way to read some of those stories. Well, it's the it's one of the distinguishing factors between the cultural version of love that yeah. we just absorb <laughs> from yeah. living in or America. get absorbed in, yeah. Versus what what the Bible teaches us about love, it's that unconditional. You didn't earn it. Uh, God doesn't love you because you did X or you didn't do Y. It's He just loves because that's who he is like we're not deserving and he loves us anyway which if you think about the application of that in your own relationships it's huge marriage or friends or whatever i mean yeah it's a big deal yeah because culturally love is you know you do something that i don't like and now i disregard you totally disregard you yeah avoid you altogether I'm going to love you by not being around you. (laughs) 
that's a lot of it. Yeah, but I mean, but that conditional nature of uh, of love is uh, it's kind of almost baked in. We got to unravel that on purpose. Yeah. Like, got to be intentional about not thinking about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we'll go back to the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And guess what word we're talking about there? So even our enemies, I mean, this is the type of love that that's going to tend to envelop all of our relationships is what we're getting at. The other one that comes to mind is is a, a little picture of what this kind of love looks like in Romans 5.8. But this is a summary, it's kind of like what but God demonstrated his own love, his agape for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, the, the, the sacrificial nature of that love, you know, you might have heard, you know, greater love has, <laughs> greater love has no man than this had laid on his life for his friends, right? And so that's, again, kind of keeps pointing at, well, there's something about the nature of that love that is uh, beyond what I've experienced thus far in my life. Like, what? who would I lay my life down for, you know? And so, and God does that. You know, that's that's the love that he s- feels and experiences when he sees you, thinks about you. And so I think the best thing we could do is, is it's going to be to get wrapped up in that, receive that, Right. And so the journey for me has been more like this, has been going in in my marriage and friendships, things like that. I, um, as I've, you know, grown in my understanding of love, um, I think it's moved less in terms of falling in love, more like growing in love, you know, towards others, towards spouse, towards, you know, whoever's in my path, to be honest. But it's it's like the disciples, they look to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their concept of love. And that would be my invitation to anyone listening today, is to think about what would that look like if I, if I paid more attention to that, if I dove a little more into, don't dive into the Valentine's Day, you'll get lost. But if I dove more into, <laughs> you know, this agape love, how would that redefine all areas of my life or relationships for sure? And when you put it in the context of uh, the verse you just read from Romans, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, You have to almost think about, like, what did it take for him to die for us? Um, I was out at a friend's ranch this weekend, and out in the country, you can see – you know the world's just different out there when you get away from the city and you yeah. kind of you reflect a little. You, you you know you see stars you don't normally see and stuff like that. And if you think of God as the way He's described in the Bible, uh, even as just Creator, uh-huh. right? He made every not just the earth but the whole universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as we can see and beyond. Uh, I mean, it's. You can't even get your mind around that, right? Yeah. That God condescended to be a human mm-hmm. and to be born as a little baby and grow up. And, I mean, the the privileges and the, the rights and the um, powers and abilities and all the, all the stuff that Jesus has that um, he also has this – 
he has a human side, hmm. or he is human, but he he condescended is the best word I could think of to to go live this life and be one of us so he could die in our place. Like it wasn't – I don't know. The Romans verse is so compact, you know, but you have to almost start thinking about it like it was it was tons of action Yeah. so that he could do what he came here to do and self-sacrifice. Um, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So – Let's do this. Let's take it full circle, okay? So for many people, um, their first encounter with this love can be over, uh, overwhelming, you know, when it starts to cover different parts of your life or your past. And you start to realize that there's a love that's a little deeper than any human on this planet can give me. And it's true and it's real and you experience it. You receive it for the first time. I'll just say like, it's like that's almost just only the beginning of it. You know, mm-hmm. and then you start growing in your understanding of it, and you realize all that, all that's been given to you in relationship with Jesus, and you know, as the Bible would continue to, to help us understand what's true of us when we receive that love, that uh, we're co-heirs with Christ. Just start there. What does that mean? You know, like everything that is Jesus's is ours. Like there's so much more layers that keep coming after that, and. So you start to see the five love languages in a whole nother picture, right? So think about them just for a moment, quality time, you know. Does God want to spend time with me, you know? Absolutely, he sent his Holy Spirit, right, into to be inside of us when we receive Christ, right? That's another way he's loving. He's going to be with us, you know. It's like all of those love languages are real tangible when it comes to God, too, in the way that he speaks. And so the greatest gift, we would say, we've received, you know. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a a fitting topic, right, for for where we're at in this particular week of the month in February. And, uh, man, what a pleasure to sit and reflect on what love is. I don't know that we could ever really accurately define what love is. It's a toughie. It's a big one. What What do you think – some people say this. I've heard people say this. They'll say, okay, I get it. God loves me, but I don't think he really likes me that much. <laughs> or uh, the old George Strait song, I know she still loves me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't think she likes me anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's a real song. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, saying I'm, I'm, I may not be in love with you. I'm in like with you. Um, yeah, that's an interesting view. I, I, you know, I, I think that there's something in us so deeply embedded in us that wants to, wants to step out on our own merit to earn God's love that we're willing to go. He, but he doesn't like me. Like there's still something in us that just won't accept a love that deep and unqualified. Like I still got to do something or or I'll or to make it better I'll just say okay he loves me but I know he doesn't like that <laughs> um and so guys he, he loves you enough to to love you the version of you right now right who you are not some future version but he also loves you enough to not let you stay where you are you know and so that's the beauty of it when you start experiencing his love you start growing in it I've mentioned this before right you just start growing in it and that's that's a it changes you, you know, and yeah. so 
But I, I don't know. I think that's probably a natural reaction to go. Uh, you know, he definitely left. He loves me, but I don't know if he likes. We could all name something in our life. We go, I don't. I don't think he likes that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just ask Ellen. There's, you know, <laughs> my wife or you. I happen to have her on the phone oh, right now. She's going to go. give us a download. It's getting. It's getting um, real. Here's how I thought we might end. Right. There's a famous passage that if you've been to a wedding or any kind of religious ceremony, you've probably heard this in, in 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. And it's all about love. Actually, the whole chapter is really about love. But I'm going to read a few love verses. Is? What love is. Or is not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I thought – I, I'm going to read a few verses, and here's what I'd I'd like everybody just to think about as you're you're wrapping up. We're we're landing the plane on the topic of of love. Um, what if this, what I'm about to read, is really how God thinks of you and relates yeah. to you? What difference would it make in your life if that was true? Mm-hmm. All right. So here's uh, here's what Paul says. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, and love never ends. Never ends. That's pretty powerful. And you could replace the word love with God. Yeah. Or Jesus. Many people see this as a personification of, uh, you know, the attribute of, of love. It's really about God. Yeah. If God is love, this is like an extrapolation. It's like a, it's explaining what God, God is, who Jesus, how He really uh, relates to us in uh-huh. in love. This is this is what God's like. What if that's true hmm. in your life? Yeah. So, Powerful thought. Something to think about. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, and a beautiful reminder of of what comes to mind when God, when you come to God's mind, what He feels, and what He doesn't feel. That's right. And it's all right there. That's right. So First Corinthians thirteen was that? That's it. Um, so go uh, go look it up. I promise it's real. I was not making it up. It's really in the Bible. Uh, no, uh, Greg, thank you so much for being my guest. This was a whole lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for listening to the Search Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, give us a rating or a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks.